0: Hello and welcome back to the Nostalgia FC podcast with your hosts me, Drew Hollins roberts And me, George Thomas. This is the podcast where we delve deep into the recesses of football and history and obscure football players.
1: Yeah, so each week we get on a guest who will give us their favourite start in 11, their super sub, manager, stadium and kit.
0: Yeah, and this week's guest is none other than Niall Baxter. Niall is a good friend of ours, a very funny man with some surely hilarious stories to tell about football. So, without further ado... This is Nostalgia FC, and this is Nile Baxter. Right, Niall, so welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having us. You're very welcome. Now, the viewers can't see this at the moment, but you are wearing quite a striking shirt. Mm-hmm. What team is that shirt for?
2: It is Carlisle United. It was the home shirt from 1995 to 97, and it's. I'm wearing it today. It's not... Quite made my top, my favourite shirt that will be discussed at the end, but I thought I'd wear it today just because talking about Carlisle probably. Listening to the podcast and i trying to be like, oh, as a Carlisle fan, I don't want to just be talking about specifically Carlisle players because like if someone came to me and was like, right, if this, listen to this podcast, it's a Mansfield fan talking about all these Mansfield players. I'd be like, well, I, I don't think I want to listen to that. <laughs> so I tried to avoid all Carlisle. I failed, but... <laughs> We'll see. We'll see what happens. And yeah, I just thought I'd get in the mood and wear the shirt as well.
0: It's lovely. It does look a little bit. I thought it was like a Croatia away shirt. I thought it was Croatia as well. Yeah, it's
2: got the the checkered red and white there. Nice little thing. Sadly, we've not had a Croatian player that I know of.
0: But... Oh, that's a shame. A match made in heaven, Carlisle and Croatia. <laughs> All right, and I also uh, let's dive straight in. What is mm-hmm. your formation? Uh,
2: my formation is 4-3-3. 4-3-3.
0: How's that midfield lining up? Let's get in there before we get to it.
2: It's three central midfielders and very basic.
0: No attacking,
1: defending. In fact,
2: to be honest, I didn't really think about that that much. I'd probably put one in defensive midfield and the two in central. The other two in central.
1: Lovely. As always, we're going to start at the back. That is, of course, with your goalkeeper, unless your formation completely throws that out of the book. But.
2: Uh, well, that's my defensive midfielder is the goalie. <laughs> that? I got that wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah, my goalkeeper. Basically,
2: if I didn't pick this guy as my goalkeeper, I think people would come round and take all my Carlisle United stuff and just be like, you're not a fan anymore. And it is Jimmy Glass. Jimmy Glass, well, Carlisle were on the brink of relegation in the 1999 season from the Football League. So, and it came down to the last game of the season. We needed to win and we needed to better Scarborough's result. Scarborough had finished 1-1. They, We were 1-1 with Plymouth, and Scarborough fans were already on their pitch celebrating, thinking they'd survived. And then our lonely goalkeeper from Swindon Town went up for a corner in the 94th minute, and he scored. Yeah. Um, um, unfortunately, I wasn't old enough to have been there, but it's just, it, yeah, if you're a Carlisle fan, you've, there's absolutely no way that you don't know about it. And eighth of May is always uh, Saint Jimmy's Day to Carlisle fans. <laughs> yeah.
0: There's nothing better than a goalkeeper scoring a goal.
2: Absolutely not. And to save the like, there was an like within seconds of it hitting the back of the net, there was about a thousand fans on the pitch. Um, on top of Jimmy Glass, um, there was a if you watch the footage, you see someone actually like takes down the referee in celebration. <laughs> and for, it was actually Nigel Pearson was the manager who waved him up as well. So oh, he's probably. obviously gone on to be a, a much bigger manager. But at the time, yeah, it was at Carlisle. And it's just, yeah, one of those stories where it just makes you pretty proud to be a Carlisle fan because I don't think there's many other clubs that have something along those lines. Because obviously, goalkeepers score. Every now and then, literally this weekend, Newport's goalkeeper scored a goal kick 95 yards. But then I was watching it, and everyone's like raving about it. It's like, yeah, but it didn't save
1: them from relegation.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was a one one draw. Pointless. Who cares? I was going to say that that's
1: got hurt. So, who was the the other team? Did you say
2: Scarborough, they who who no longer exist? Probably a direct result of that. Yeah, I tell you what, that's got so
1: painful. You're on the pitch, you're there, you're ready, and you're like, yeah, we're staying up. 100%
2: 100% serves them right for getting on the pitch too early.
0: Yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: we, we invaded the pitch when we were like, we've fucking won this. They were yeah. like, oh, it's still unsure, but let's go on the pitch anyway. It serves you right. That's why you don't exist anymore.
0: Jimmy Glass. I, now, I don't know much about Jimmy Glass, I'll be completely honest, but having done some very brief research, he's that big of a legend at Carlisle United that his Wikipedia page, the categories are playing career, Playing career with Carlisle United and playing career after Carlisle United.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think he had a couple of clubs afterwards and stuff, but there was a long period where he was like a taxi driver. I had obviously no idea if this ever happened, but imagine being a Carlisle fan and you just got in a random taxi in a random city and it was just like, That's, is that Jimmy? Are you Jimmy Glass? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think he's coaching it. I think he's got like um, some role at Bournemouth at the moment. But I remember a few years ago, he, yeah, he seemed to get a job there which is nice that he's back in football as well. But I think he seemed pretty happy with the taxi job as well. Yeah. Because there's, there's quite a lot of footage where he's interviewed about that goal. And he's um, one of those things where he's just like, yeah, I, I don't... It's probably one of the best things a footballer can do to save a club from relegation on the last in the last minute. And he was the goalkeeper. So he sort of... He maybe peaked. He was just like, I don't need to carry on this career. It's, I like It's not getting any better.
1: It's as well. It's sort of... being relegated is always bad but being relegated from the football league as in like so I'm assuming it was from the football league into the conference division
2: three down to yeah Yeah.
1: so speaking from experience there going down to the conference doesn't matter how big you are as a club it's so hard to get out yeah and it's Um, so painful and uh yeah, mm-hmm. so that's that's huge that he managed to save him from that. That's incredible. Absolutely,
2: yeah. And there's a bit like let, there's a player later on that I'll be able to talk about in in regards to Carlisle in the conference and that what you've touched upon there. So. Yeah. But, right. Well. But yeah, just, um, his, his gloves or his boots are in the National Football Museum in Manchester as well. I think.
0: Fair play. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Let's move forward. You mm-hmm. can choose where we start in the defence.
2: I'm gonna go right back because I just think that's the the way it should be done. And it is the obscure Danny Butterfield. Danny Butterfield. Who, he made two appearances for Carlisle United, but I'm not bringing him up because of what he did for Carlisle. He, he had two appearances when we were, it was one of those seasons, you know, when you just, you feel like you've brought in 50 different loan players and, and short-term <laughs> contracts just to sort of survive. It was one of those seasons. But about four years before he played for Carlisle, he was at Crystal Palace and they played Wolves in the FA Cup. He's a right back. Neil Warnock was manager and they had like, I think they had so many injuries that he was literally paid up front and he scored a perfect hat trick.
0: as <laughs> a right back, lever. that.
2: Yeah. And prior to that, prior to that game where he scored a perfect hat trick in one match, he had scored seven goals in 252 appearances. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it was just like, Neil Warnock was like, right, get yourself up front, lad. And just, just absolutely smashed it.
0: That's
1: so weird.
0: Hey, not and, only and was this- it, not only was it the perfect hat-trick, it was also Crystal Palace's fastest ever hat-trick.
2: There we go. There we go. Bloody hell. And um, it might pain you to, to say that it was Hennessy in nets that conceded uh, all three.
0: I mean, it doesn't surprise me. No, he's, <laughs> if he's not in a whale shirt, he's he's absolute pony. He's not really. Oh, is, is that the yeah. crack right? Yeah, yeah. If Gareth he's... Bale's not there to pat him on the head, then he does not bother. To... <laughs> well, he's that's got, it, yeah. He's got height on his side and...
1: I'm pretty sure that's where it stops at most he seems, like, seems like a nice fella give him that yeah yeah.
2: <laughs> well that's it I feel like because I've followed a lower league team uh, the vast majority of my life I have actually a good knowledge of Wales players
0: that's true yeah that's where they all live now <laughs> uh, in fact not anymore but yeah back in the day yeah it was uh, yeah. a who's who of non-league footballers <laughs> representing Wales <laughs> okay well a free scoring right back mm-hmm. is a great place to start on a defence mm-hmm. where are you going next
2: uh, I'm going next. I, I'm going to play like a little bit of a guessing game with you because he came to Carlisle uh, when he was about 18, 19 years old. He was on loan from Man United as a centre back. Now, when you get loanies from the Premier League and you're a lower league team, if it's like a winger or something, you're like, well, he's probably good with the ball and can be fast, whip it and stuff. When it's a centre back, you he like, it's just probably not going to be strong enough. But this lad came over and it was just like ridiculous how strong and good he was. He's, um went on to be a Welsh international and has captained the Premier League side. Um, I think he made like 35 caps for Wales so far. So if you can guess him. And he obviously started his career, it was at Manu and came unknown to us for a for season. And he's still why do,
1: why do I literally have no idea?
2: I think he's I think he would still be in contention for the Wales side. Is it James Chester? It is James Chester.
1: I Welcome. for real never knew he came from United.
2: Yeah, it was like a Man U youth player, and then after he came on loan to us, I, th- I don't think it was long before they sold him on. So mm-hmm. I think the yeah, I think you'd probably be surprised how just how many players come from the youth setup at Man United just because of that advance really, and it's where people will send the kids probably. And yeah, the reason I'm I'm picking him for a specific game. Um, obviously, he was great all season, and it was just class seeing someone like a young star, up, upcoming star, come and play for the Blues and. Put on some good performances but specifically we had tamworth in the fa cup second round and yeah they were two one up in the 85th minute and it was just one of those things where you're like oh my god we're getting embarrassed at home off a non-league team and then the lovely francois Oko equalized in the 86th minute <laughs> it was one of those games where the snow was like scraped up against the side of the pitch right. and it was just freezing cold and everyone was kind of just like we want this to be over but at 1-1 it's going to be a replay who can be asked going all the way to Tamworth for a replay and then Chester just popped up got a 90th minute header in the back of the net and it was I don't know because we're usually the underdogs in cup games it felt kind of nice to be the other way around and just be a bit like stick two fingers up to Tamworth <laughs> fans because they didn't really deserve it they, they they played well and stuff but it was kind of just like yeah that's what you get
1: I remember as well Tamworth fans coming to Wrexham a couple of years ago and then they were I, I'm not saying that all Tamworth fans are nasty but they were particularly nasty as well. Oh,
2: there we go. Yep. No, I'm I'm even more happy now that we beat them. Yeah.
1: There
0: you go. <laughs> <laughs> Just <Nostalgia>. for that. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nostalgia FC and solidarity against Tamworth. Yeah. <laughs> James Chester, fun fact. This is a uh, more close related to myself and George. We all, everything in this podcast always circles back around to the great town of Rill, And that is where Ah. James Chester's mum is from. There you go. Oh, lovely. And that's how he qualifies to play for the great country of Wales, because he was born in Warrington. (laughs) (laughs) Along with most of the other Welsh internationals that represented us in the past 20 years.
2: Hey, I didn't know that. That's a nice little coinkydink.
0: There you go. Hell of a player for Wales, and obviously in his various loan spells and trips around the Championship Mm -hmm. with Hull, and then... Yeah, scored an FA Cup final goal. He's quite underrated, I think, as a defender. I think he's actually pretty I, good. I was actually like,
2: it was one of those when he was playing for us where everyone was just like, he'll yeah, be at the top, top of the top. So to, I think he's at Stoke now. Yeah. Um, and obviously he has like Premier League, still an amazing achievement. But I think a lot of us were sort of surprised that he wasn't like playing in Europe, that sort of thing. Yeah. a so, hey, FA Cup final, I don't think it in in terms of within England, doesn't get much better than that. So,
0: and also a uh, European Championship semi-finalist, played all six games well, for the tournament.
2: Oh, uh, did he? Yeah. So he played in the Belgium game.
0: He did. Tick. Yay, Thank you. Thank invention. you, Niall. There we go. <laughs>
1: there we go. <laughs> yeah, James right, Chester's like shorter than six foot, which is quite, I'm assuming it's quite rare for a centre-back. Right?
2: That was, yeah, I, I, I don't remember exactly at the time, but um, I, I do think, especially a young lad coming over, and then he wasn't over, yeah, he was still quite small as well. It was kind of like, hmm, is it, this lad cut out for it? But then he, yeah, he just sort of proved everyone. I don't think anyone sort of dissed him beforehand, but yeah, he very definitely proved people that he was the real deal. Yeah,
0: that's that, cool. if you go into the lower leagues, if you don't have any physicality in your game, you're not going to get on. No. No, because lower leagues, it's like less
1: talent and just sort of either muscle or like throwing a yourself a bit of, rough of and tumble. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: That's why it's a great watch. I love watching the lower leagues.
2: Yeah, me too. That's
0: just all, all That's I've... handy. That's handy that you enjoy it <laughs> Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, no, that's it. Like, I, you'll tell by this team. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, this guy doesn't like good football.
1: <laughs> We're not going to have a Kevin De Bruyne in this side.
2: No, no.
0: <laughs> we already did. Danny Butterfield, he's there. There we go. <laughs> I'll
2: probably say, no, there is, there is one standout player coming up, but um, oh, exciting. the rest are all... Low down.
0: Well, let's go on to the next one. Next centre back to partner. Uh, The next centre
2: back is the wonderful Clint Hill, signed for Carlisle in 2018 when we were really really bad, and he was 39 years old and he came in and it was just like he came in and was just like right, this is how we're going to defend and we just thought it was a complete turnaround, and uh, we uh, we went from a pretty mediocre season to a bit of a bit of a push up and, unfortunately, retired from playing at the end of that season. We were sort of hoping Uh, we could. Um, keep him on through his 40s but no what well, was good because he scored in the old firm derby for rangers so we would literally up uh, we were at carlisle games and there was little pockets of rangers fans because they're that sort of any player who's ever scored in an old firm derby they just love till yeah. the day they die
0: yeah, so forever.
2: if carlisle were playing and rangers weren't There'd be Rangers, a few Rangers fans cropping up at the ground with Rangers flags and cheering on, just literally just cheering (laughs) on Clint Hill. They didn't care about anything else; it was just that. That's mad. You find
1: you find like, like Rangers and Celtic especially. You find them everywhere, Mm -hmm. don't you? Yeah.
0: On on Clint Hill, I always remember him being. I I specifically remember him playing for QPR when they got into the Premier League with with Harry and all them. Mm -hmm. I just distinctly remember him being that sort of no nonsense. Like you said, he came to show you how to defend. Yeah. But he's literally just like, right, oh, there's the ball, hoof it, get it out. There's the ball there was, in the air, I'll head it, don't worry about it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that was it. It was, it was mad because he, he came in, and, like we've sort of, Carlo fans sort of think we, we've got a little bit of a reputation for bringing in players at the end of the career and just sort of squeezing one last good season out of them. Or in fact, or if anything, like reinvigorating the career. And with Clint Hill, he just came in and it was just, it was, it was class. And we were hoping he was going to stay on as a coach, but. After he retired, he went to Fleetwood as assistant coach to Joey Barton.
1: It's
2: to be... Actually, he got fired recently, so I don't know.
0: Actually, yeah, they know were, uh, doing. teammates at QPR. There you go. Mm-hmm.
1: Actually, it's got to be, uh... like um, sort of mixed emotions when a thirty-nine-year-old centre-back comes comes and joins your side because you're sort of like, yeah, he's probably going to be good with all that experience behind him, but legs. at the same time, thirty-nine years old and new signings a bit sort of. But obviously
2: oh, he, he did wonders this for you, legs. like so he had the legs. Lovely <laughs> legs they were. Uh yeah, I think it was it was um it was like a deal to the end of the season. And to be honest, we've had like we've had similar deals like that in the past that have been like, Oh no, they actually they are past it. Like we had in like two thousand thirteen or fourteen, we got Nacho Novo. Yes. The the Rangers legend. striker who was that yeah. Rangers legend, yeah. We got him and it was just like, Holy shit, we've got We've got Nacho Novo playing for us. And it obviously it, like you can't take away how good he was for Angels, but unfortunately when he signed for us, he was just a little bit past it and yeah. didn't kick on. Uh which could have been the case for Clint Hill. I think at centre back you probably got a bit more time in your legs
0: to keep yeah. going. Especially you played in his style of play where he wasn't running out from the back. He was mm-hmm. hoofing and he could stand around for the next 10 minutes while the others played with the ball.
2: You just wouldn't, especially in league two, you wouldn't want to come up against Clint Hill as a striker.
0: No, true. He'd just be like,
2: ah, oh, I've got no chance here. Yeah, this has been
0: Didier Drogba for 10 years and now he's playing. That's he it, <laughs> yeah.
2: And And um, he also found out in here that he actually played in that game that Danny Butterfield got his hat-trick. He was, he was in the defence for Crystal Palace. So he played in that game alongside Danny Butterfield.
0: Oh, that's a nice right. little link. Yeah, they'll mm-hmm. get on very well, there you go.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to think about it, you know, like in Ultimate Team when you like chemistry. <laughs> <The> green links,
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I love the fact there's this sort of link between Rangers and Carlisle though.
2: <laughs> yeah, it sort of came, um, I didn't, I didn't think about that until I brought up Nacho Novo. There's a few, um, I think James James Tavernier, who's like their top scorer from right back this season yeah. and they're absolutely rinsing the SPL. Um, he was on loan at Carlisle in his early career as well and there's probably a few others that aren't coming to mind at the top of my head. There
0: um, you go, Carlisle, a Rangers feeder club. Love it. That's it, yeah. The other <laughs> way we around. never, we all never, all actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: it's weird. Um, and also, about my last little note on Clint Hill is on the the night of their award set, the Carlisle United Players Award ceremony, I bumped into him in Peter Bravo Takeaway on Botchergate and I got a photo with him and I thanked him for his time at Carlisle. And
0: I was like, lovely. "Oh, you,
2: you, do you want to stay?" And he was—you could see that he was just like, oh, well, "I'm going to go coach somewhere Just, else. just
0: want a pizza, mate. Don't... <laughs> yeah, I just like, yeah. In fact,
2: yeah, he probably wasn't thinking about coaching. He was just like, "Piss off! I want to eat my kebab."
0: <laughs> ah, lovely. All right. It's always good when you bump into a, a player at a random place. Mm, yeah, remember... that's it. Um,
2: it's that's what I like about the following a lower league team. Like they—they're yeah. they're not. They will go to a takeaway, the local takeaway after a match. Whereas, you know, if you're like, for example, you're following my new in Liverpool, you're not going to bump into Firmino no, or Cavani exactly. in Mario. Remember,
0: <laughs> two things about meeting players. One, I once saw Kevin Kilban in Tesco Express in Preston.
1: There we go.
0: Very nice man. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the other one, relates to what you just said, where you don't see those players in uh, takeaways after the game. So a few years ago, I was, I don't know where I was, but my mum was on a Hindu in Liverpool. And Liverpool were playing that night. Uh, they were playing away at Roma, right? So uh, Champions League semi-final and the game finished. And I got a text off my mum li- about five minutes after the game had finished saying, look, he was in McDonald's in Liverpool. And there's a picture of a bloke in a full Salah kit with a wig on. <laughs> and she genuinely thought that Mohamed Salah was in McDonald's in Liverpool five minutes after he came <laughs> off the pitch in Rome.
2: Oh bless! Well, he is really
0: uh, oh, fast. He is rapid. I don't know if he's that quick. <laughs> I was,
1: I, I was listening to that and I was like, I'm sure Drew would have told me if his mum had met someone. <laughs> but yeah, yeah,
0: that that explains. Just to confirm: she did not meet Osler in McDonalds.
1: Yeah. What did he order?
0: I, I don't know. No fillet of fish. Yeah, that's the filet only thing of fish you have. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's true. All right, that's before we. That, that's a dangerous track to go down. Let's move on to the left back.
2: Yeah, uh, my left back of choice is Ian Hart, hey. who, uh, most known for his spell at Leeds. He was there for like over 200 games, got 28 goals over eight years. He then went to Levante after that, which is like, why the fuck not? If you played yeah. at the highest level and then just go, I'm going to go to Spain for a few years and lap up the sun. Uh, he actually scored Levante's first La Liga goal for 41 years.
0: Wow, the hell of a stat.
2: Yeah. Um, because he was just a set piece specialist. Yeah, I was gonna say left foot. Uh and then after three years at Levante, he came back to England and for some strange reason he was at like Sunderland, and Backpool, got a few appearances and just didn't really click. And then Carlisle, was just like we our manager Greg out at the time was just like, Come on, Ian, come on. it's all over
0: here. And
2: and he was fucking amazing. It was ridiculous. He played for fifty-two games for us and scored nineteen goals. Um That season, I think it was 2009 and 10. He was our top scorer in the league with 18 goals, and we actually <laughs> and he was we we actually played him. I put him as left back because that's where he was for Leeds, but we actually took him at centre back because that's where we needed someone. And he got 18 goals and was our top scorer that season from centre back. It's ridiculous. Eight of them were penalties, of course, because he's the set piece man. But yeah,
1: crazy. That's still, that's still a mad mad return for for a defender. That's incredible. Oh
2: yeah, it was it was crazy. We we were just like. It's, every now and then, we, like I was saying earlier about like Clint Hill, when a player that other, other teams seem to think has passed it and they won't take a gamble on them, we'll be like, come on, we'll take a gamble on you. And then it paid off. We ended up getting a, a whopping 100 grand off Reading for him after that season. So we're still yeah, that's living off.
0: Yeah, funny. It. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, uh, I always remember Ian Hart in that Leeds team. Yeah. They had the Strongbow shirts with like Vaduka and Harry Kuhl and they were in the Champions yeah. League. It's mad when you yeah. think that Leeds, the Champions League semi-final. In like 2002, and then he went on and played 63, sorry, 64 times for Republic of Ireland, representing them in the World Cup in 2002. Yeah, a quite an illustri- illustrious career for a man who's also played for Blackpool and Carlisle. No offense.
2: Well, offense taken, but, un- <laughs> but understandable. Uh, yeah, it, it's just one of like it's it's very typical that he would be our top scorer because it's just like. If we got a player who's clearly a class above everyone else... In fact, that's I'm doing it, it, an injustice there. We, I think we had a good season. There was a lot of good players. But the fact that the centre-back was our top scorer is just like... it. It's both a compliment to Ian Hart and also a bit of a, like, a, come on, Carlisle, what are you playing at? <laughs>
0: yeah, like what yeah you do the, stri- the strikers like... wouldn't have been too happy <laughs> there, would they? <laughs> no, no. That's well, like you said, it's like James uh, Tavernier, uh, Rangers... Yeah, He's got the most goals and assists. <laughs> the the like, midfielders and strikers must be like, what is he doing that we're not doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, how's he doing well, this?
2: But Morelos doesn't help by just getting sent off every other game. That's
0: true. Never trust a man who chooses to have half of his head shaved at the top <laughs> and the other half, like, combed over, but the other direction.
2: We are, um, a few years ago, there was a, a referee... And I think it was Carlisle against Yeovil or something like that. And the referee had a haircut like that, and it was just like, how is he trusted to, <laughs> how have we trusted this man with the the haircut of a twelve-year-old child to like be in charge of this game? It's ridiculous. And and but, like lo and behold, he was an absolute shit show, um, getting booed off at halftime and full time.
1: Yeah. If Refrain. if you're a ref, you've either got to be fully bald, or balding. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, you just lose all respect. How, how are you expecting people to take you seriously when you book them if you've got a stupid haircut? <laughs> you need to go full Kalina, just get it
1: yeah, completely
2: bald.
0: No eyebrows, nothing. Get your eyebrows mm-hmm. gone as well, yeah. So. That's it,
2: yeah, more streamlined as well, so you can keep up with Salah.
0: There you go. <laughs> On his way to McDonald's. Mm. All right, that's moving to the midfield. Here we, so you said before, one defensive mid, two others, so you can choose where you want to go first.
2: Yeah, uh, defensive mid, this is another player that's sort of based on a moment rather than his entire Carlisle career. That's what we're here um, for. He played in the same season as Ian Hart, was top scorer, and it was Adam Clayton. We had him on loan from Man City. He spent most of his career at Middlesbrough, I think. Middlesbrough, but, yeah. yeah, I was with thought his... I
1: recognised that name, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: He's, one, he's another one that I think years ago he was at Huddersfield and he had a massive beard that he dyed blue and white. I think it was for charity and stuff, but there's like there's a picture there where it's got this crazy beard. But what was really, he was like 18 or 19 years old on loan to us from Man City, and we were at Everton away in the FA Cup at Goodison Park. And he made like a proper disastrous back pass to give them a 1-0 lead. James Vaughan scored, and it was just like 6,000 Carlisle fans at Goodison Park, and we were just suddenly just like, if you go 1-0 down away at a Premier League team when you're in League One, you're just like, well, that's game over. And it was just kind of like, ah, oh, you've our our days possibly ruined, and um this poor lad's sort of made the mistake of his life. But then he went on and he just charged forward and got the. It went down as someone else's goal, but it was sort of, it was going into the bottom corner anyway. Adam Clayton charged forward; it was going into the bottom corner, and then the player called Kevin Hurst got a, got a toe on it and put it in. But Adam Clayton, I, I, I think most Carlisle fans will agree that it goes down as Clayton's goal. And he just did the most brilliant knee slide towards the fans. And there's like, yeah, 6,000 Carlisle fans equalizing, going 1 1 against Everton, a Premier League team. And the, the fans were just going absolutely wild.
1: Love it. it the, um, that, that is fully redeeming yourself, isn't it? Like fair yeah. play to have the sort of. Because there's some people that would, would have done that back pass and felt like they'd messed it up and their head would go down it takes some sort of character to just sort of like go, no, actually I'm going to turn this around somehow.
2: Yeah. I think um, like my voice was like going all over the place in celebration, like my balls. (laughs) (laughs) I I specifically remember just the, the the sheer, just like letting yourself just go loose in celebration. It was excellent. And there's, there's probably only a handful of other goals that I've celebrated that much.
0: Yeah,
2: Uh, they went on everyone went on to win 3-1
1: I was going to say I just found that game and it didn't it didn't turn out (laughs) Mm. well but uh. But
2: when it was 1-1 our centre back Danny Livesey hit the bar it was weird because it's like it's like a random bit of play and then all of a sudden our centre back is just like on the edge of the box and and lobs it over Tim Howard and it hits the bar and it was like where's that come from but then I I think it it went down quite close to the wire um, and they made it 3-1 in the last few minutes with a in the last minute with a Leighton Baines penalty so yeah it went on to I think it was 2-1 after Tim Cahill put them 2 and up and then the fact that we were in the game the whole time was what was exciting about it because you can very easily go to a bigger team in a cup game and just it's over immediately so it was it was a great game.
0: Enjoy. Lovely. Any player that can get you to have a, like a delirious football moment is worthy for spotting a team because Nothing like it, like you said, like you just feel like an outer body experience, sort of looking down Mm -hmm. on yourself, just going mad.
2: Mm -hmm. Everyone's and everyone's doing it as well.
0: Yeah, I love it. The player looking for for someone to hug, it doesn't matter who, (laughs) just (laughs) my my version of that is the great Divokarigi,
2: which uh, either Champions League one or oh no, Evan.
1: Uh, no, no No it's got to be The semi-final Against Barca In it uh,
0: No again oh, Of no. <laughs> Oh wow He's got uh, yeah, yeah. so All these iconic what? goals He's got
1: some moments For a very Distinctly average player <laughs> Oh yeah
0: yeah, yeah. Hell, hell of a Terrible player But he is <laughs> He pops up occasionally um, No it was actually A uh, Carlin Cup <laughs> Round of 16 game Arsenal? What <laughs> Against the Arsenal, yeah, yeah. So That was a
2: great... Was it 5-4 or something, 5-5,
0: five, five. yeah. And then we went on pens. And Divockery scored an overhead kick with the last kick of the game. And <laughs> I've never celebrated a goal more. It meant nothing, because it was a 5-5... Five, five, <laughs> the average age of the team was about 15. And Arsenal were playing all their kids as well. And, yeah, it was just... But one of the, it's one of them things where, even though it means nothing, watching a Divockery score an overhead kick, the, all the fans just going delirious... I'm celebrating with my mate's nan. It was it was a lovely moment. <laughs> lovely stuff. All right, so we've just had Adam Clayton. Yeah, Let's move on to uh, your next central midfield player.
2: Uh, my next central midfield player is basically following Carlisle. You'll know that I don't actually really care about really attractive, high-quality football. This is the one exemption. But it's not really about that, to be honest. It is... I'm going to read you his playing career, the, the clubs he was at, and see if you can guess. Ajax, AC Milan, Juventus, Barcelona, Inter Milan, Tottenham Hotspur, Crystal Palace, Barnett.
0: Oh, it's Edgar Davids. Edgar Davids. Yeah, oh, it's really sad about that. Barnett was the one that gave it away for me. Yeah,
2: well, I, I love it though. I, I, I think it's excellent that he's just like... There's so many amazing players that go on to be managers and they just sort of think that they're ready to just like take on a really big club and he was just like i'll go to Barnet,
0: <laughs> and then get <laughs> play a manager and get sent off in your first game
2: it's always that i didn't know that yeah there you go. what um what i loved about it, before he actually went to Barnet, he was the manager of a sunday league team brixton united and it's just like that just sounds like so for example if we were born in London and look like happened to play for a Sunday league team, imagine just one day your mate ringing you up, and you're just like, Oh, we've got a new manager. It's like, Oh, who is it? Are you expecting it to be like someone's dad? Yeah, yeah, totally <laughs> like, oh, idea. Edgar Davids. And you'd be like, But fuck off. No, it isn't. <laughs> and you just turn up to training one night, just like, Jesus
1: Christ. You see the goggles and the hair, and it's just like, Oh my say, God. That,
0: that's the look in it the goggles yeah. and the hair. Great player, I, I remember, I remember
1: Edgar Davids more for Juventus, and I think it's because he was on the cover
0: of like FIFA, FIFA 2003. 2003. Yeah, yeah. yeah it kid. was
2: him, Pavel Nedved,
0: Ryan Giggs. Yeah,
2: yeah, there we go.
0: Right. So, <laughs> why have you chosen Edgar Davids?
2: I just, yeah, it's it's down to the like, obviously, amazing player, amazing career, but there's right. I, I don't like using this word often, but I'm going to use it now. He's got a lot of ban- banter points for me. One for managing a Sunderland team, two for going to Barnet, yep.
1: three
2: for insisting on being number, shirt number one. Yeah, and he was just—he was just—he just said his reason for it was like, I, "I want more outfield players to wear the number one shirt." Believe it or not, it didn't catch on.
1: <laughs> yeah, but um, as, as well, th- the way to campaign that is not to do it at
0: Barnet, <laughs> like, the global superpower that is Barnet. <laughs>
2: Well of about Barnet, they're like a yo-yo team, like Carlisle have come across them many, many times. They're a yo-yo team between the conference and League Two. Martin Allen's just the craziest manager ever, where he, he goes to Barnett, gets them promoted, and then someone's like, oh, he must be good. He got them promoted. He goes to, he then signs for another club, is awful. And then Barnett are struggling in the conference and go, "Come, we'll have you back, Martin. And it's just, it's just very, they're a very weird club.
1: Just also, their they're
2: ground, I, I, don't, I, I think they might have moved grounds now, but they're ground Underhill was on a slope i'm pretty sure it wasn't level like it was like from from one goal to the other it was downwards um it's quite so you probably have
1: like four nil and one half and then it would just get evened out <laughs> in the next half wasn't it that's it
2: yeah yeah it's like a wind <laughs> advantage uh a four is when he was in central midfield for barnett as a player manager his at one point his fellow central midfielder was a player called anthony edgar Therefore, the central <laughs> midfield was Edgar Davids. Yeah, and I just, I just hope that he, he didn't even bother scouting this lad. He was just like, I want Edgar alongside me. Just, I, to, I like to
1: think as well when he made the team sheet, he had to make sure that it was, on what what, was Anthony Edgar was on the yeah. left hand side. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: I think, that, yeah, I was just like, I remember for whatever reason, just seeing the lineup at the time and just being like, that's not real. Surely not like what's going on.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like I said, if you list off his career before that, absolutely insane that he ended up at Barnet. Mm-hmm. And The funniest thing about Barnet, one of the most obscure things he did was refuse to travel to away games. If they had to stay overnight.
2: <laughs> just like, oh, I'll let the assistant manager take it. <laughs> yeah.
0: So he's playing manager. So if they're, so say they're in Barnet and they have to go and play Carlisle, for example, Mm-hmm. they travel up they're like right lads let's just stay the night there's no point going back he's like no nope, not coming i have stayed at home not, I'm not doing that <laughs> so he he didn't want to leave his home comforts in Barnet <laughs> <laughs> oh he
2: probably had a big fat mansion in London yeah so yeah he will have yeah.
0: done but... <laughs> from his days at Tottenham yeah he probably kept his house didn't he <laughs>
2: Yeah. I actually thought, yeah, I thought he was being really noble going to Managing Barn. I think it was probably actually just so he could go and just Doss and take the piss. And yeah. if they were just like, you need to go up to uh, Nuneaton Town, he's like, no, fuck that.
0: Can't yeah. Do you know who I am? I'm doing that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> My final reason for selecting Edgar Davids was that I can remember one of the only players during a soccer aid match to get booked for elbowing someone. He elbowed <laughs> David Wilkes, he had a little scrap with David Wilkes. Do you know the guy who's like clung on to celebrity status despite not doing anything for about 12 years? (laughs) They just had a little scuffle. I think one of them hacked the other first and then there was a little scuffle and then Edgar Davids and it's a charity game. There's thousands of fans, mostly like people are there for charitable reasons. And he just elbows David Wilkes in the face. And (laughs) I think they both got booked and it was just like, Come on, send him off. That would be so much more fun if there was two red cards in a charity match for UNICEF.
0: He was just trying to get sent off, so he didn't have to stay overnight.
2: <laughs> early bath for me, there not you early go, bath. <laughs> <laughs> there it. There we go.
0: He's one of them players. Like honestly, as a kid, I had no idea if he was any good, but I loved him because he wore goggles. Yeah,
2: that's it. Yeah, same, same. That's why I've, yeah. I've picked him sheerly for the post-career, post-playing post playing career yeah, but soccer aid and Barnett and stuff like that because I have not, I'm not, I'm not, a, am not a football fan that knows actual good football when I see it. <laughs> Hence why I support Carlisle. No, know, think, that's a, that's, think, that's, again, that's an injustice to Carlisle. I think every He's
1: kid great. loved
0: Edgar Davis just because of his hair and his goggles as well. Mm-hmm. I think that was just a thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that is his major <laughs> selling point in the fact that he wore goggles. I always remember people like <laughs> making shit sure up about why he wore the goggles. Remember someone saying he's colorblind so he uses him so he can see colour. And then I think the actual reason is he's allergic to grass. Is it just is it just a worst case of like hay fever as well? No, I think so. Anyway. Is that all it was?
2: Yeah. <laughs> if someone pulled them off, they'd be sent off for violent conduct. It's like, no, you could have killed him. Could have killed
0: him. <laughs> it's like a massive deal. It's just like got missions of like you know, in the X-Men films where someone pulls off Cyclops glasses, he's like, No, I can't. <laughs>
2: He was, like was actually saving Jonathan Wilkes by elbowing him because if Jonathan Wilkes was trying to go for the goggles, he was like, I would have killed you there, man.
0: I've got laser vision. You can't stop me. doing him a favour. Right, so let's move on from Edgar Davids and his laser vision.
2: Oh, I should, I'd rather talk about his laser vision for a bit.
0: The unknown member of the X-Men, Edgar Davids.
2: <laughs> well, I've gone from one great Edgar Davids in central midfield to the next great um, Mark Bridge Wilkinson tumbleweed okay yeah. yeah. sorry um that. <laughs> his career was he was played at like Port Vale, stockport bradford he's currently the liverpool fc under 18s coach which i didn't know until i did a bit of research after this but he Me was a carl uh Carlyle player um i think like 2008 2010 or something like that got got quite a lot of performance um uh, appearances and one of my favorite moments was it was when leeds were down in league one and Leeds were obviously the big club playing against like all these lower league teams. And it just felt like it felt like essentially a Premier League club was just randomly in our league for a season because they had massive fan base and Sky Sports were just basically walking over them all season, just <laughs> like, oh Leeds are playing this. this. They got I think they're on telly like 20 times or something daft. Um and they were unbeaten and then they came to Brunton Park, Carlisle's ground to play the league game and we were the first team to beat them they went one look with uh, obviously a jermaine beckford goal obviously. and then we equalized with uh simon hackney screamer a joe garner header yeah i think joe garner might ring a bell
0: yeah. Ooh, joe garner
2: and we were 2-1 up in it was like in the 93rd minute or something and Ridge Wilkinson's. we've got a corner and if they just put just passed it in the corner. And you know, when you just do the jockey thing and you hold off yeah, the defenders yeah. until you get fouled and then you get just, if he'd done that, everyone would have been like, fair enough, that's what you want. But for some reason, he was just like, you know what, fuck this, I'm going to score. And he passed <laughs> it, got it back. And he went forward and it the most ridiculous angle, bottom corner, 3-1 and just pandemonium again. It was 18,000. It was a sellout. 18,000 fans. I just one of those moments. I remember that game so well because it was a game that we'd been looking forward to all season, especially with Leeds being unbeaten. And there was just like a weird, you know, when you're just thinking to yourself, we are, we are going to beat him today.
1: You do, yeah. Sometimes yeah, you just it. have that mm-hmm. just right. I in always, instinct, mm-hmm.
2: don't you? I always, um, it happened a couple of times growing up because I'd go with my dad. He stopped going a few years ago, but I was, when I was younger, I was going, I'd, I'd go with my dad and then he'd go on a different stand. And me and my brother would go off to our stand. And my dad, on a couple of occasions, he would say about how he felt about the resort. He said, oh, I feel it in me water rather than water. <laughs> Feel it in me water, and I felt like every time he said that, I was like, "We've fucking won this. Get in!" and and it happened.
1: Uh, yeah, and yeah, that's so. If anyone ever says they feel it in their water, then you're mm, winning.
2: I've, I've, yeah, I've kind of just completely jinxed it now, and it'll never work ever again. But saying that, I've I've never heard my dad say it since probably around about 2010. And yeah, it, yeah, Marko Wilkinson he scored another goal against Leeds in the playoff semi-finals. I think the year after or maybe the same year, I can't remember, I've got a bad memory. They they beat us in the second leg, but we were their bogey team when they were in League One. Like, we went toe-to-toe with them every game, and they obviously a big club, a lot of money, big big players and stuff. Um, So, Michael Jorgensen, he's got two goals against them, and just a lovely little player. And a few years ago, uh, I was at a festival. It's sweaty in a tent, and then I went outside for some fresh air and just sat down next to two random blokes, I was like happy to just mind my own business. I just wanted some fresh air. But they were like nice and just started talking to us. And then they found out we started talking about football and they found out I was the Carla fan. And they were just like, Oh, do you do you remember Mark Bridge Wilmington? I was like, Yeah. And I talked and they, they went to school with him, they were friends with him. And I oh, like, no.
0: mm-hmm. Small World.
2: Yeah. <laughs> right, so um, I think I probably just chewed the rear off for another hour just talking about
0: <laughs>
1: every single memory of Mark Bridge Wilmington. They regretted Wilmington. saying that to you. Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs>
0: So mate, I'm just trying to watch. Sure, come back, come out of the tent. Come here, let me talk to you
1: about
2: it. -hmm. Well, I have mutual respect for him because he was in his 20s and had a skinhead because of a receding hairline. So (laughs) I I relate. Obviously not at the time because I was still a child and had a full head of hair, but now I relate.
0: (laughs) You were a child and you were just like, oh, it's already going. (laughs) (laughs) Fun claim to this. Link to that, I uh, helped Niall achieve his current haircut New Year's Eve oh, 2018.
2: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was um, a fun night. And I've <laughs> never looked back. I've been so much faster since.
0: Uh, they I more streamlined. You can get to the ball mm-hmm. faster now, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, well, a lovely little midfield there. A mix of <laughs> talent and academics. <ekodavid. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, David's More for his banter than anything. It's all about goggles, mate. That's all. We, that's
1: all we care about. <laughs> Just the goggles, Googles, hair. So we've got a front three. Is it like uh, are two of the players like uh, wingers, or are you sort of like uh, three three strikers? Is it three strikers? Apparently. Cool. Yeah. Who are you going with first? Then uh, my first one is
2: probably the player that made me fall in love with Carlisle United, and it was uh, it's Michael Bridges who also spent time at Leeds and Sunderland and I first really got into Carl United when I was about 10, 11, we just came up from the conference um, and we're in league two and we we won league two that year. Mike Bridges got, I think like 15 goals and he was just an absolute like class above. We He was a player that I think he was released because of being injury prone and wasn't expected to, have have much more of a career, and it was another situation where our like we were like, "Come on, come to Carlisle, we'll give you a little, we'll revitalise your career," and it and it worked, it worked out, and I was properly sucked into following Carlisle because he was just every time it's just the ball, just um, you can see their defenders absolutely shitting themselves, <laughs> and the fans, the Carlisle fans were just uh, really excited. He's got an absolute I think it was Northampton away. he's got like a thirty odd yard screamer, love it. Which and there's what I think it's a YouTube video which is just like a highlight of all his goals at Carlisle, which is great. And he's still present on Twitter and he, he responds a lot to Carlisle fans still these days. My mate Rob does like artwork where it's like minimalist artwork where he gets rid of all features and it's just like like posters of like sort of be like the colours and the, the letters on the shirt and the face and stuff. And he tweeted that to Michael Bridges a few months ago and he got a response and that. So it was quite oh, nice. Uh, also, what I love is that the last club he played for was a team called Lambton
0: Jaffers. Yeah, I
1: just saw that. Like, I'm assuming Drew was going <laughs> to... Yeah, yeah, that was my next point.
0: What a team name. Yeah. Hey, on our journey yeah. to find the weirdest team name in the world, that's got to be up there.
1: And we thought it was going to come from America, but it's not. Yeah. No. Nope. <laughs> is it
0: Australian, yeah? It
2: yeah, is, yeah, Australian. He's Lampton
0: played Jaffers. for 11 different clubs. That's, that's mm-hmm. a lot. Also spent a lot of time on loan in his career. Yes, yeah,
2: he, After that season for Carlisle, I remember we had a party, I think called the party on the pitch because we won the league and it was just all the fans on and all the players just having a big old boogie because I think we'd been at Stockport away and then we won the league Stockport. Well, I, th- I think we'd maybe already won it, to be honest, because we were fucking class. And then the whole deal was get back to Brunton Park and have a party on the pitch and we were... We got up close to Michael Bridges and I think my brother went to him. You're not you're not leaving us, are you? You're not leaving us? And he was like, no, I'm not leaving. Unfortunately, he signed for the whole on transfer deadline day. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, it's one of those things, at the time it broke my heart. And I was just like, you, I, when it happened, I was like, he's dead to me. I hate him because yeah. I was a child.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, and now as an adult, you're like, well, it's because he wanted a lot more money because he didn't have much more of his career left. And you can't blame him because I would do the same in a heartbeat.
0: Yeah, and he did come um,
2: back he came back on loan yeah because he didn't really work out at Hull so we just got cash money for him and then he came back anyway so win win
0: yeah <laughs> you were the real winners mm-hmm. well lovely player great team name that's has got to be the best one we've had so yeah I think so <laughs> he's one of those players where I always knew his name but I couldn't tell you where he played like position wise I thought he was a mm-hmm. centre back to be honest when he said his name then I was like "Is he? Not, was he not a centre back yeah. <laughs> So wait for you to tell a story, but I was like, "Okay, yeah, he's a striker, that's fine, that's cool."
2: <laughs> the centre back, but I just stuck him up front for this for no reason. I mean, you're right, that All hat tricks. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're they're all very um. And your I'm goalkeeper inspired. scores scores goals as well. Yeah. That's it, yeah. My formation is technically eleven.
0: <laughs> just up front. <laughs> you are the the pep of your of Carl Next striker. Uh,
2: next striker is, it's Derek Asamoah from originally from Ghana and he signed for Carlisle I think in like 2014-15 when Keith Carl was our manager and he just sort of popped up and got some important goals and I'm specifically going to talk about we had a League cup run in 2016 where we went we played QPR away in the second round and my brother was living down in London at the time. Uh, so I traveled down so I was like brilliant I can visit my brother go to a Carlisle game perfect weekend or weeknight even. Um, and when we were walking to Loftus Road, there was obviously, there was loads of QPR, QPR fans walking in front of us. And a QPR fan in front of us was talking to his mate and said, oh, if, if, I'm not going to try and do a Cockney accent, but it was. <laughs> it was, oh, imagine being a Carlisle fan, travelling all this way, and we're just going to batter them 5-0. And at the time, me and my brother were kind of like, yeah, fair, he's he's probably right. <laughs> Uh, but we won 2-1 with uh, Derek Asamoa got, got one of the goals uh, and it was it was brilliant. Great day. Um, we'll live long in the memory. But what was bigger was we went to a pub afterwards when they did the cup draw. Uh, basically, I just was sticking my fingers with all the QPR fans. Being like <laughs> I Obviously, I treat every QPR fan like they were the one that said they were going to battle us
1: 5-0. I was going to say, did you meet up with him or did you see him again? No. <laughs> no.
2: If I had, there would have been some tea bagging going on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we were in a pub afterwards and they were doing the cup draw. There was loads of Carlisle fans in there and it was genuinely like as if we'd scored a last-minute winner in the biggest game ever because we got drawn with Liverpool away and the, all the Carlisle fans in the pub went a fucking mental. <laughs> got Liverpool away in the next round. That's amazing. And one of those games that probably set us up for the foreseeable um, wages-wise and yeah. other stuff like that and carrying on talking about derek asamoa we went to liverpool a few few weeks later danny ings put liverpool 1-0 up in the 28th minute and then derek asamoa scored equalized in front of the cop six thousand Carlisle fans going crazy the there was flares going off, well a, f- a flare probably going off a blue flare going <laughs> off in the in the ground and we were going Fucking mental. And I was speaking, there was a lad that I went to school with in the Liverpool end who was a Liverpool fan. I remember spotting him. <laughs> and it was just, I just look like he did, I don't think he spotted me at all, but I just loved the fact that he just saw his face when we were 1 1. His face was just like, what? Uh, how is this? How, what? And it was just like, <laughs> yes, 1 1 against Liverpool. It's amazing. And it was Brendan Rodgers' second last game. Yeah. And right, you know, when a Premier League team plays a League Two team you're expecting a very weak start like you'll probably play most reserves if not a few like the older CD players yeah I'm going to read out the Liverpool team it was a bad start Adam Bogdan oh okay Hungarian legend it was uh, Nathaniel Klein Martin yep. Skirtle Dejan Lovren Alberto Moreno that's a strong
1: yeah that's a strong back four uh, I don't know
0: yeah, go James,
2: on. well, for your when, standard. When, yeah, when yeah, you're yeah, playing against not.
0: Carlisle, that's a strong mm-hmm. back four. Yeah. Roberto Moreno is not League Two standard, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: the midfield was James Milner, Emre Chan, Joe Allen. You Ooh, the, you, you on, know, yeah. Joe Allen's the best midfielder. yeah Joe. Yeah. Uh, Adam Lallana. And then up top was Firmino and Danny Ings. And it, we kept held them 1-1 for 90 minutes and... Thirty minutes of extra time. Sadly, you beat us on penalties, but yeah, I've never been—I've never been prouder. And it—it was an emotional day. Loved every second of it, apart from obviously losing the penalty shootout. That was mm-hmm. a heartbreak.
1: I love that though. You—you you feel like even though you did lose, you're like proud of
0: them, aren't you? Mm-hmm. The sad thing um, is, after you've done all of that, I'm going to cut that story from the podcast because he's trying to <laughs>
2: <in the> <laughs> Well, <laughs> right, and just just to rub more salt in the wound, your substitutes were Philippi... Coutinho and Divock Origi
0: oh god big, big, big. big
2: Divock he couldn't even the biggest game of his life and he couldn't he couldn't bloody bring out the goods
0: well, that was probably uh, the turning point for him he was like
1: right <laughs> I need to get I'm better I'm gonna I'm gonna pull off some worldly moments and still be a really <laughs> average player yeah. fair, up
0: until that Everton game where he scored that probably was his last game for Liverpool that Carlisle game <laughs>
1: Um, our goalkeeper
2: um, saved a saved a penalty against Coutinho, which like I'm I'm sure I think his reserve keep well not I'd say I think I know his reserve keeper at Newcastle at the moment, Mark Gillespie. I just like imagine just playing League Two football regular basis and then you you go on one day and you're just like I just I just saved a penalty. <laughs> yeah, that's Coutinho, his, claim, that's his claim
1: to fame for the rest of his like, life. Absolutely yeah. crazy.
2: And uh, basically, yeah, it was his second to last. It was Brendan Rodgers' second to last game, I think. Uh, before he was fired. Now I'm not trying to say that Carlisle are responsible for Liverpool winning the Champions League and the Premier League, but I also am because <laughs> they will obviously have they the fact that they sacked Rodgers and replaced him with Klopp at the time. The fact that they drew at home to a League Two team must have been a massive deciding factor in that. Now imagine if years had just beat us three 0 that had maybe given Rodgers a few more games, it had maybe turned it around not gone on to do anything better, Jürgen Kopp would have been like, well, I'm going to go back to Dortmund, balls to this waiting game. And you should just be still probably shite. So if um, you want to just scratch Carlisle on the the trophies at any point, if you ever do like a tour of the ground.
0: I I am
1: sorry, Niall. I like you. I get on with you really well, but that is clutching at straws. That is utter (laughs) bollocks. We're
2: league two. We've got to clutch at straws. It's all we've got. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's fair enough. <laughs> what what people don't know is when Liverpool won the league, 20% of the winnings went to Collar. <laughs> That's how we've survived COVID.
1: <laughs> There's just like, a, there Still is like a tiny now. little engraving underneath Liverpool mm-hmm. with thanks to.
2: With literally everything I just said there, it's really long.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like the small
0: print when you buy like <laughs> a product. No,
2: they, they put a little asterisk and they wrote it on the bottom.
0: <laughs> Eric Asamoa, uh, though, has Played in England, France, Scotland, Bulgaria, and South Korea.
2: Yeah, is well, um, it? Absolutely. And I just, I, I, obviously, there's players that just go and stick with one club, make a lot of money, and become famous. But if you're at a level where you maybe not, you can't. You can't really do that. You may as well go. Tra- just be like this is a 15 year 15 year career here. I'm going to just kind of travel the world. Why yeah, not? Why not? Especially when um, there'll probably be countries that, are, that offer daft money to get a player from. That's sort of established in English football to go over and then play. In... Or maybe I have no knowledge of Korean football, so I'm maybe completely wrong there.
0: That's a lovely pairing. Let's add a third into the mix.
2: My third striker, I've picked him because he was the first footballer whose name I got on the back of my shirt, and it's not a Carlisle player.
0: Oh, was it on before... a Carlisle shirt?
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a typo. Um, <laughs> It was before I followed Carlisle. I was about ten. Basically, what I did was I just did what my brother did. And when he started supporting Carlisle, I was like, I was supporting Carlisle. But before that, he supported Liverpool, so Ooh. I supported Liverpool. So the the first player I had on the back of my shirt was El Hadji Oh,
0: <laughs> stop the pod! I'm not talking about El Steve. Get it off. <laughs>
2: It was. I was about eight, so forgive us. Um, my dad, we were going on holiday or something, and my dad said oh, I'd get me and my brother Liverpool shirts and he'd get the names on the back. I wanted John Arne but my brother said it first. I was like, shit, Diouf had just scored a brace on his debut against Southampton, so I was like, well, he's gonna be the best player ever. I'll get Diouf on the back. <laughs> He,
0: they were they were two of the three goals that he scored for Liverpool. <laughs> yeah.
2: I, I I hold myself responsible. He could have been a world beater, but <laughs> I got him on my back and he was cursed. What I love about Duf is he's one of the players that when you search his Wikipedia, there's a section titled controversies.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've just I've literally just opened that. You said it.
1: <laughs> just like. Fair and point, it's not, it's point. not like it branches off that. It says controversies, then it says in France, in England, <laughs> in Scotland.
2: <laughs> but all the different countries. <laughs>
0: What's funny about El Hadjiouf is that he was accused of doing the same thing multiple times. <laughs> he was always accused of spitting at fans. Yeah. And then the police investigator <laughs> said, no, he spat at the ground. And then about a month later, he literally <laughs> spat at Celtic fans. You're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, did he think like the first time he got away was like, "It's like, shit, they're blind. <laughs> I wasn't making that <laughs> obvious
0: enough. Watch this. <laughs> <laughs> Iconic for the wrong reasons.
2: Mm. Obviously these days spitting's like attempted murder. So yeah, that's true. Like, yeah, Glad, good job he's retired.
0: <laughs> the World Health Organization would be all over yeah. him. I haven't got many nice things to say about Elds had to, do, to be honest with you.
2: Well, I personally, I, I love him. So. <laughs> <laughs> it was, um, that is funny. I just remember running, like, I think we were on holiday in Portugal. Um, my brother, had, I was just constantly jealous of my brother having Reese on the back. But I still thought I was cool having Duf because I genuinely was just expecting, because he's got two goals on his debut. I was like, <laughs> this guy, is going to, he's going to, no
1: no one would blame you for thinking that as well
2: (laughs) yeah especially at eight years old i'm probably i think i've reduced a year every time i said it to save face
0: (laughs) he's one of them players where is that what you said like on the face of it when he signed you thought oh this guy looks pretty good senegal international like oh maybe he's got a bit about him and then the more you watched him the more you're like Oh, or not? <laughs>
2: like, I didn't have enough football knowledge at the time to be like this, like, off the other than literally scoring goals, I wouldn't be able to determine whether or not he was a good player. <laughs> but, um, I just there's no excuse, despite how young I was, there's no excuse for just getting it so wrong. <laughs> so, so wrong.
0: Hey, everyone <laughs> makes mistakes. He could, it was- yeah, I, I was a
2: Liverpool fan, I know. Uh...
0: Hey, love that. Keeping that in. Oh, well, that's why you're wrong, George, because I did the editing. <laughs> right. A winger slash forward slash absolute knobhead.
2: In for me, you know. If you if you're not going to be that good a player, you may as well be Raj and start spitting at people and then be remembered for that. You'll get a lot more gentlemen's dinners for doing that, won't you? <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> so can we change his name to El Rajid?
2: El Rajiduf? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you should have played for Carlisle with that name.
0: There you go. <laughs> right, well, I can't can't say it's my favourite choice I've ever made, but it's a bold <laughs> one, and I, I can see why you've done well, it.
2: Well, that's it, yeah. I, I went for, I, I'm not going for laughs, I'm going for gasps. I, I, I'll um, I'll admit there was a lot of thought as to the order of my front three, and I was like, who do I say first? Because I respect, I obviously love Bridges and Asamoah more, but if I just felt it like had that like shock factor of like, why? The fuck if you picked El Hajj. Yeah. So well. so when
1: you when you were saying that like before being a Carlisle fan, you were a Liverpool fan, and it was uh, mm-hmm. when you were young. It was you keep going younger and younger every time you say it. But yeah. I was thinking, right, who was who was top of their game for Liverpool around that sort of time? And I was going, Fowler's too early. Maybe Michael Owen. <laughs> probably nope. like everyone but to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just I was going through everyone. And I was like, yeah, to <laughs> be someone bigger, but nope.
2: I was between Diuf and
0: Biscan. Oh yes, <laughs> I love Diego Biscan. Champions League winner. Don't badmouth him. <laughs>
2: Absolutely. So so is Triore. It's not saying much.
0: Hey hey, great. Right. <laughs> start coming to all these class players. Jimmy Triore. How many players have you seen do a roulette into their own goal?
2: Oh, <laughs> you've I've seen. Uh, not into their own goal, but Francois Oko did a lovely roulette into Oldham's goal.
0: Okay, well, super sub.
2: My super sub guys it's um the date is the 16th of june 2016 wales lead england in euro 2016 with a freak goal. the wind caught the goal and bale scored an absolute freaky <laughs> un- undeserved goal and at halftime the substitute we subbed on daniel sturridge i feel like the only reason we subbed him on was so that kane could have someone to to put the corners into because for some reason, Harry Kane was on the corners. And, and yeah, super sub, 91st minute, 2-1. Thank you very much. I've I've genuinely, there's other people I could have picked, but solely based on the fact you're Wales fans, I had to pick storage.
0: Hey, you know what? I, that goal galvanised us to do what we did, so I love that's it. That's
2: it, yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: And <laughs> it's nice that, we, if anything, that Wales could gift you a victory to go home from the Euros with.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, let's not talk about that Iceland game though. That didn't
1: happen. I watched that uh, game in a pub in England and absolutely did not hide the fact that I was Welsh. So (laughs) when the final whistle went, (laughs) oh my God, I've never been belittled more in my life.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I was it. I watched it at Roper Hall.
0: Nice. Yeah. Well, Um, apart from that goal, which I'm not a massive fan of, (laughs) I love Daniel Sturridge. I think he's a great player. Oh, yeah, absolutely. he's, He's one of the players that could. I don't know really know what... I mean, I know he's got that ban for betting at the moment, but he can still do a job in the Prem. He's still got it. <laughs> right, so Daniel Sturridge, a great player. Back to Daniel Sturridge, <laughs> as he is your super serve. Fantastic yes. player and does pop up with the odd, the odd goal. I, think, yeah, I
2: specifically picked him for, obviously, just to rub it in about the England-Wales game. But yeah, great player. I was sad when he went on to West Brom. Yeah. And I was kind of just like, ah, oh, he'll reinvigorate. It's great. And it didn't, didn't happen. Should really have done what Michael Bridges did and came to Carlisle. Does. Um, <laughs> that was the answer. Yeah. Probably would have sold him to Hull for like a tenner <laughs> after that season. It'd been great.
0: The only thing with Daniel Sturridge is his legs do not work. Ah, that's... Is a uh, shame.
2: You, you need your legs as well as a yeah. footballer, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's quite important well, really, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. As long as he can use his arms for the dance... It's, like, that that is, it's the most important a, thing, As a mascot, yeah. get, get him on 50 grand a week just to sit on the side with a <laughs> the dinosaur hat on. <laughs>
0: right, well, there's your first 11 and super sub in the bag. We'll take mm-hmm. a short break there and we'll come back for your manager kit and stadium. Niall, who is going to manage this team?
2: we had a lot of managers that I love to bits um, that have managed Carlisle. At the moment, our manager, Chris Beach, is is doing a wonderful job. But I'm going back to 2004 to 2006. Paul Simpson was our manager. We'd just been relegated to the conference. And as you were saying earlier, it's when you go down there, it's it's nigh on impossible to come back up.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, Wrexham are fully <laughs> examples
0: of that at the moment. Mm-hmm. If only some mega... Rich people from Hollywood have bought them to help them out.
2: Oh man, <laughs> if, I tell you what, if Carlisle weren't doing so well this season, I would be, I would, I would just be thinking about that non stop. Paul Simpson. Paul Simpson. So, yeah, in 2000, the 2003 and four season, we got relegated to the conference. We'd been in the football league for like over 70 years, so it was a big deal that we went down. And also, as George was saying, once you're down there, it's not an easy job to come back up. I think teams like Luton and Tranmere and that can. Testament to that, but we went back up the same season that we went. Well, the, the next season we just came straight back up thanks to Paul Simpson managing us. We had played we had Glenn Murray playing for us at the time. It was players like Kevin Gray, um, fan favourites, and then we went up to league two. And that was the season that Michael Bridges came in and we won League Two as well. And that was two years under Paul Simpson. We had back-to-back promotions. Unfortunately, he then did go and manage Preston. After we mm. went up to League Two, which right there's a weird thing with Carlisle and Preston. Basically, because Carlisle's so isolated up north, we have like no rivals. So we're like, yeah, Preston, you're our rivals, and Preston are like, no, you're not. <laughs> Black- Blackburn, Blackpool, Burnley, they're our rivals. You just you're Carlisle, and Take you've got up. no, you've got no mates or anything. <laughs> so there was there was a big old. Uh, Palava, where Paul Simpson went there and all these Kylo fans were like turncoat traitor but again like I was saying about Bridges and that you just it's a career at the end of the day with management and players if they're getting offered more money to go an hour down the road and manage do the same job somewhere else why wouldn't you but at the time yeah like Bridges leaving it was absolute heartbreak I was good but it was the two two years that really got me I, I didn't go to many games when we were in the conference because I just wasn't at the age where, um, and my dad wasn't too bothered, so I wasn't getting taken to games and stuff. But the League Two winning season when he was manager was when I just sort of fell in love with the club. He also went on to win the Under-20 World Cup in 2017, which is, um, there's a lot of players that are now sort of big stars in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. They know that he, that he managed and helped them win that. Uh, I think he's um, assistant coach at Bristol City at the moment.
0: Well, big up to you, Paul Simpson. Obviously mm-hmm. a very good manager. You're, uh, yeah. you're a link between Preston and Carlisle. I told mm-hmm. you I had a story about Carlisle before we... Go, were go, here. go. And here it comes. Yes. So the three of us all went to university in Preston. Mm-hmm. The, the great city that is. it is. And uh, I used to go to Deepdale quite regularly, just because it was there. And one time they played Carlisle. And I knew a Carlisle fan, not Niall, another one, Mike Hill. Mike Hill, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> there's only three of us. <laughs> yo, yeah. And they all went to UCLAN. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. They had
2: no, we had no fans that season.
0: Trying to infiltrate <laughs> the Preston from the inside. Yeah, so uh, I went to Deepdale, Preston Stadium, with Mike Hill and a few other lads to watch Carlisle play Preston. And we actually sat on the away end and we had to be escorted in and out by the police. So, yeah. But we didn't get off the bus with the rest of the Carlisle fans, so we had to awkwardly wait where the bus was getting parked until the bus pulled up, and then they got off and then they let us in with the rest of the Carlisle fans. <laughs> and I just sat with the Carlisle Ultras and watched a 1-1 draw, <laughs> called rainy night in Preston. That and was then, uh, as we were leaving, a Carlisle fan launched a pie onto the pitch.
2: Yeah, too right.
0: There you go. Hope,
2: it, <laughs> hope that bit of patch of grass There's... was brown. For
0: <laughs> There's your rivalry. Have a bolty. Wow. Because
2: it was I think it was like a 93rd minute equalizer from Preston, which is yeah, as was, as yeah. they do. We were kind of like um when it was that season where we were where we won the league, there was a quite a lot of games where we battered people. And he was he was a player manager, but I think he himself would admit that he wasn't much of a player. So when he was actually subbed himself on on the very rare occasion, it was kind of just like <laughs> these
0: <laughs> these are shit. <laughs> these are shit he was like a Simpson
2: <laughs> subbed himself on. this bossing United a shite.
0: <laughs> He's just trying to get his uh, appearances up so we can get him at yeah. the end of the season.
2: Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Who can blame him?
0: Lovely stuff. All right, let's move on to your stadium.
2: Uh, my stadium is, yeah, I've got I've to be loyal and stick with Brunton Park. And it has character. There's uh, 18,000 capacity. We've sold it out a handful of times in the last 10 years or so. Leeds is one of them. Like, Tottenham and Everton we've had in the Cup at home in recent years and we, we quite in big games we quite often get 10,000 10, plus which is obviously massive for club at our level Yeah, it's really cool. nice we when I was talking earlier about crazy chairman we had a bloke called Michael Knighton back in the 90s who I can't remember from the time because I wasn't old enough but obviously know a lot about him now and he wanted to completely rebuild the ground and move it, move it and stuff and he started with the East stand. And he started building it. And the whole plan was to move the pitch a little bit to the left. I think unless this is just my brother talking, like putting <laughs> all shit in my ears, I think there was talk of a butterfly garden near the ground. So <laughs> people could go and look at butterfly. I, that could like, that could be something that someone would be like, Niall, you're talking absolute bollocks there. So I just want to put that, if that is the case, i <laughs> we, So we moved the East End. We turned it from terracing into seating, moved it a bit to the left. And the plan was to move, do the same with the rest of the stadium. But he got ousted. I think he was originally going to buy Man United, and there was some crack where he claimed to have been abducted by aliens that told him to buy Carlisle. And then we were like, "Yes, we'll we'll sell you the club," because why it. not?
1: You've got money. Why not? And um, and then he need? ended up. Why would aliens uh, carry on?
2: I have no <laughs> idea. This is another one that I have absolutely no idea <laughs> yeah, if there's any truth to it. That's it's how one of those Carlisle or that's it. Yeah, <laughs> Intergalactic In... <laughs> from another (laughs) galaxy he's just like they're they're in the fucking Carlisle shirts, just like buy Carlisle Michael Knight come on we want them to do well I wish they'd spoke to Rob McCallany though Jesus (laughs) Um, and yeah he ended up getting outstated he actually had like a bit of a a, a stint as manager despite zero managerial experience uh, which again I I didn't see in the flesh because I wasn't old enough but um, Carlisle fans talk about it and it sounds pretty funny but he left and then we didn't we ended up not making any more progress with um, upgrading the ground. So we have our main stand is too far to the left (laughs) and the rest of it remains terracing. (laughs) Yeah. it's. it's Uh, I'll tell you what, I think I, I, I followed Carlisle for a good like five or six years before I even realized. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so it's one of those things like, oh, it, you don't realise until someone says it you're like
1: yeah. oh
2: I yeah because like, oh. to is. me that was always just how a football ground looked
0: <laughs> you just go to another <laughs> ground like why is their stand so close together why <laughs> there should be a gap there <laughs> right that's, uh, that's got to be oh yeah I've seen like a bird's eye view of it now
2: <laughs> and obviously long. the resilience of us dealing with um, floods in 2005 and 2015 and then we just come back better than ever Lovely. We've got a great. I actually no idea if he's still the groundsman, but we had like someone. He won like the league groundsman of the year uh, on the bounce few years. I think it was called David Mitchell, and um, I saw him getting in uh, very close to getting in a scrap with a steward at Oldham.
0: Nice,
2: Oldham away, and he was just like, "Get on, Dave."
0: That is quite a career change from uh, writing and starring in Peep, <laughs> Peep Show to being a groundsman.
1: Oh yeah. I like to think that stand that's like a little bit off. I know you said the story behind it, but they're like, whoever built it, they all built it with their backs to the pitch. And then you one <laughs> at one point turned around and just went, Oh, shit. Uh-oh. <laughs> no one's saying anything. <laughs> no one's saying anything. It's fine.
0: <laughs> they won't notice. Uh, lovely. Oh, well, It's a lovely stadium. A stadium with a bit of character. You can't go wrong with it. You know? That's it. And yeah. again, home stadium. Nothing like your home stadium. Yeah. Nothing like
2: that. That's it. it yeah. I, I was, I was thinking about others and I was just like, there's none that I've had any similar feeling about, any sort of feeling of um, familiarity with. So I was like, I'm just going to have to stick with Carlisle. And I'm sorry to say, when you get around to the kit question,
1: it's it's the same. It's well, Carlisle, but it's not the one you're wearing, you said earlier. It's not you? the
2: one I'm wearing, though. No. All right, but so which one,
1: which one is it? It's. Well, I
2: have it hanging on the outside of my door, and Connor has his Newcastle kit outside his, just in case we get, like, drunk and forget... But it is the 97 95 97 deck chair kit that we wore this when we won the auto windscreen final against Colchester at Wembley, the old Wembley in 1997. Uh, won it on penalties, and it's just it's like basically, I think it's absolutely gorgeous. But anyone else, I'm glad you agree because basically, yeah, it looks like most of the people think it's hideous. Yes. Yeah, I've seen that come up on M&M, M&M, M&M Direct Advert on on Facebook. And it's just like, are you watching what I'm wearing? Because I wear this. It's just like, you just know what patterns are like. And also, just a nice little bonus for you. This Christmas, look
1: minute, what bro. my
2: grandma knitted me. Oh,
0: <laughs> oh that's well nice.
1: <laughs>
2: the hat with the same... She actually knitted it for my brother first, because he asked, but his head was too fat. So I was like, I'm having it.
1: So... <laughs> for anyone who's listening and it isn't gonna uh watch videos and stuff like that i completely (laughs) yeah well it's a podcast (laughs) anyone anyone who's listening and can't see the kit it's just green white and red vertical stripes so like drew said
0: what year was it sorry
2: 97 and it was aptly named the deck chair kit because it was the color that you'd see deck chairs on beaches back in back in the day and yeah, um, yeah if you don't even have to google carlisle if you just google deck chair kit you'll see it
0: lovely <laughs> hey, that's a lovely kit it is very reminiscent of a fluminese kit which we mentioned mm-hmm. on our christmas episode it's a lovely little kit i genuinely mm-hmm. really like that that's a very nice kit. christmas it's very colors nice. as
2: well it's lovely yeah cool. well, I'll I'll
0: some, some mad kits then including the one you're currently wearing and that yeah one. Oh. all right now well what a journey it has been to get to this point
2: it's been lovely <laughs> i'm a bit tipsy as well thank you <laughs>
0: Well, we're going to run through your team. Uh, If you want to make any last-minute tweaks, you can. All right, so Niall, you went for a 4-3-3 formation. I
2: did.
0: Your goalkeeper, the great goal scorer himself, Jimmy Glass. Yep. With your defenders, the hat-trick scoring right back of Danny Butterfield, Mm -hmm. the centre-back pairing of James Chester and Clint Hill, and then left-back Ian Hart. Yeah. Yeah, so we move
1: forward into the midfield three uh, and we sort of had the defensive slash holder midfielder of Adam Clayton uh, for doing a horrendous back pass and then making up for his mistakes. Uh, we have Edgar Davids more so for his, for like, as you put it, banter points than his actual footballing quality, which, yeah. is, which is great. <laughs> and Mark Bridge Wilkinson for the goal he scored
0: against Leeds. Yeah, yes. now onto your front line. Carlisle legends aplenty: Michael Bridges, Derek Asamoah, and then the outlier El Hadjiouf. Sorry, El Raj that's it. And your super sub, Daniel Sturridge, for that one goal he scored against Wales in the Euros. It's all right, we got further. It's all right, we yeah. got. Further. <laughs> Just let him have it's it. Just let him have move it. on. Move on. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so we go on to the uh, manager and you went with Paul Simpson for the reason of when Carlisle got relegated into the conference. He brought them right back up to the Football League, as we all know, is a very difficult thing to do. The stadium is Brunton Park, obviously the home stadium for Carlisle. And again, I love the story of one of the stands just being a little bit off. Very funny. And the kit is the very nice 1997 Carlisle kit which is better known as the deck chair kit, if anyone does want to search it.
0: Yeah, lovely stuff. So, Niall, it's been a journey. It's been real. All that's left is to name the team.
2: Yeah, uh, my team name is Big Tits Tuesday FC.
0: (laughs) Big Tits Tuesday FC. Any particular reason
2: why? Well, I like Big Tits. Um, I'm following Sheffield Wednesday's example by just adding a random day of the week at the end. And FC (laughs) stands for feta cheese.
0: Um right, on well, that note. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a pleasure, Niall. Thank you very much. Thank you. There was some serious chaotic energy coming out of that team right there. <laughs> Niall had us on a had us on a reel and just kept us going.
1: Yeah, it was uh the mad one. If you, if you don't know many Carlisle players as well, you might not know many of them, but nope. I'm not gonna lie, I, I, I didn't. But
0: <laughs> I yeah, some of those players I didn't realize have played for Carlisle, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. So, starting off with a goalkeeper, Jimmy Glass, Carlisle legend, as Niall said, a scorer of a goal, nothing better than a goalkeeper scoring a goal.
1: Yeah, you don't see it often, do you? Uh, I'm trying to think of any keeper I know in the Premier League like recently who scored one,
0: but I think there was who was it? Uh, Begovic scored for Bournemouth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, or was it for Stoke? He scored. He scored a goal from a goal kick over Paul Robinson. I remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> so they're moving into the defence. A lot of goals from random places in this team, including the right back who scored the fastest and the most perfect hat trick for Crystal Palace uh, against Wolves. Um, so that's not something you see from your average right back.
1: No, from the sounds of it, not something you usually see from him. But you know, that game <laughs> he was he was feeling himself a little bit. <laughs>
0: yeah sometimes you just get in that groove and then everything goes in for you and that was that day for Danny Butterfield not, not a bad little day
1: for him uh yeah we move across into into the centre-backs there we've got James Chester Welsh obviously, legend obviously we're fans of James Chester yeah. uh, part of that that famous uh game that we were I promise not to talk about as much anymore <laughs> so I'll sort of move on quickly no he's yeah. a
0: great great ball playing centre-back he's um I'd say he's better than championship level. I just don't think he's ever found the right team for him in the Premier League. When he was there with Villa, Villa weren't in the best way. And then the same with Hull. So I think he's just gotten lucky with the teams he's played for. If he played for like a Newcastle, I think he probably would have been in the Premier League for a lot longer. Yeah, you're probably
1: right. Like, like we mentioned as well, it's it's mad to have a centre back that's not over six foot as well.
0: Right? Yeah. I mean, you, yeah, yeah not very common. That. But it's all right there because Clint Hill next to him, he's got yeah. the height. Obviously, Clint Hill, great servant to. Many many clubs that he's played for, uh, but the real reason he's in this team is because uh, Niall met him in the takeaway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And from the sounds
1: <laughs> of it, though, the the was it one season he had with Carlisle?
0: Yeah, just the one. Yeah,
1: it sounded like he he made himself pretty loved to the fans as well. So
0: yeah, I think that's a good thing about lower league teams bringing in like players that have played at a higher level. All you can expect for those players is for them to put give it their all. Because you can imagine that some players might just come down for a payday, yeah, just one final payday before they retire. But it's nice to see that players actually come down a level and don't try and just be like Billy Big Bollocks about it and actually want to get stuck in and and play the game, which is nice. Good yeah, job, and like uh,
1: like Nile said, they wished he would have stayed for for another season at least, but uh, yeah, unfortunately not. Tried to convince him to
0: take away, but it didn't work. Turns out that's not the best <laughs> negotiation tactic.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then uh and then we've got Ian Hart at left back.
0: Freaking um, extraordinary. Yeah.
1: Yeah, obviously being a Leeds player. Not not the highest up on my
0: favourite football <laughs> players, but uh we'll skip past that. Let's just, good, let's just think of him as Carlisle, Ian Hart or Levante Ian Hart. There you go. Levante Ian Hart. I like yeah. that. One. Let's just ignore <laughs> Leeds. <laughs> we all like <hate> Leeds. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Leeds fans.
1: We move forward. Into the midfield, we have Adam Clayton as the holder midfielder. Now, sort of picked not for, uh, well, it's a bit of both, isn't it? Like not for his greatest moment, giving giving away the ball that uh, resulted in conceding a goal, but then brought it back. Brought it back, yeah. It sort of reminds me why you put uh, Kevin's uh, mum, Kevin's mum in, in the <laughs> Christmas episode. <laughs> yeah, she might leave that. a child behind, but you know she came back. She. <laughs>
0: So Adam Clayton maybe leaves his kids behind, but he'll always come back and get them. <laughs> Good lad, Adam.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, then we move on to Edgar
1: Davids. Now, usually you'd have someone like Edgar Davids be picked for the fact that, you know, he was a fantastic player in his time. Uh, that's not why Niall picked him. Nope. And me and Drew know Niall quite well, and I'm not surprised that that's not why Niall picked him. <laughs> Niall picked him because of the pure banter point, yeah. as he put it. Uh, so what did we have? He had number one on the
0: back of his shirt yeah. just because he wanted more outfield players to do so. Refused to travel to away games if they had to stay overnight.
1: <laughs> Moved
0: yeah. to a conference team and got sent off. Like, <laughs> just did not care at all.
1: Yeah. He's the opposite
0: I'm... of Clint Hill where he went there and you thought, all right, he's going to put it in and he just did it the wrong way. He just went the complete wrong way. Yeah. 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 Um... We believe he
1: wore goggles because he might have been allergic to grass. But
0: yeah, Really, it's just because he's super into triathlons. So after he'd run <laughs> on the pitch, he cycled to the nearest swimming pool and then killed for a swim. It's just all about efficiency at <laughs> Sorry to offend anyone with that condition.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably good to get that in there. <laughs> then the last, last man in the uh, midfield trio is Mark Bridge Wilkinson.
0: A player that we don't really know much about, but as Nile said, he was one of those kind of players that, even though you, everybody wanted to keep it in the corner, he was like, no, 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 watch this. Yeah. And then one of those players where, like me and George said, we've never really heard of him, but for that one moment, he is a cult hero amongst Carlisle fans. You got you got to always think as well, like you sort of love him for that because most
1: players who are are running running in on goal. Yeah, the two-one-up. They should probably take it to the corner. You know, every every player has that thought
0: of, I could take it to the corner, <laughs> or watch this, <laughs> and then yeah, he scored it. So fair play to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Worked uh, out for him.
1: But you can imagine if he hadn't have scored it, he uh, he might not have been in this team. Yeah, that's true. In fact, he
0: probably wouldn't have been in this. No, team. not at all. Actually, yeah. <laughs> I think he would have just been into obscurity. <laughs> it's one of those players that is just a player that no one's ever really heard of. Yeah. Now onto the strikers. Now. Niall went for a mixed bag of strikers. Um, (laughs) Where are we (laughs) starting? Let's go for Derek Asamoah. Derek Asamoah, journeyman striker, played in Korea. Uh, He played in England, obviously. played in uh, multiple different (laughs) countries across his career. And Bulgaria, I think, he even played in. But he, uh, yeah, obviously banged him in a couple of times for Carlisle. And therefore, has endeared himself to denial which is nice. yeah played he has
1: played for an insane amount of teams, including Chester on loan. Which, Ooh, you know
0: that's a shame,
1: isn't great, but uh, we'll, we'll sort of overlook that. Everyone makes bit. mistakes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've made mistakes in my time,
0: but, but not playing for Chester, so not playing for go. Chester <laughs> <laughs> the worst thing you can do. Our <laughs> right, next striker, Michael Bridges, again, a bit of a journeyman in himself. He played mm-hmm. for a few clubs, a lot of loan spells for him, but. He was the prodigal son of Carlisle once upon a time and they left him back down there, up there. Wherever Carlisle, up there, up there. Definitely
1: up there. It's definitely... Yeah,
0: up there. <laughs> I'm talking from a, a Scotland point of view down there. Um, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah me,
1: me and Drew have moved.
0: <laughs> a great striker for that team. He uh, obviously got himself a big move, well, a big-ish move to Hull from Carlisle and then obviously didn't really work out for him at Hull or anywhere else he went really. But it's one of those players where he did so well for a certain club that that set of fans will love him forever, no matter what he does anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, and he came back to Carlisle after
1: going to Hull as well, didn't he? Yeah, and, and then did decide to go out to uh, Australia to one of the the greatest team names we've had, which was what Lampton
0: Jaffers. Lampton Jaffers, <laughs> big fan of the Jaffa cakes. I like to think
1: they're sponsored by them.
0: <laughs> Just Vitty's written across the front. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the, the badge the badge for London Jaffas. I don't know if you've seen it actually looks like United's badge oh like a hell of a lot like if I what is a, is, what is a Jaffa is
0: it? is it a flower it, it looks like a flower on here yeah can you search what a Jaffa is I'm intrigued it's going to come up with a cake isn't it What the listeners need to know yeah exactly it? it's been orange uh, Jaffa if this is obvious it's going out of the podcast I don't think it is obvious I've never heard of it
1: It just says Jaffa orange. Ah,
0: so it is literally the Lampton oranges. Yep. What colour kit do the Lampton Jaffas play in? If it's not orange, then they are missing a trick. Oh, it's black and yellow. Ah, what? Yeah, it's like Dortmund. All right, Lampton Jaffas, listen up. Sort it out. Don't (laughs) name your team after an orange and then don't have an orange kit. Or at least a brown kit with like an orange underside.
1: It's really odd as well that there was... Barely any images of Lambton Jaffers.
0: (laughs) Maybe it's a team that uh, Michael Bridges made up just so he (laughs) can and live in Australia without anyone questioning why he was out there. I mean, they do look like they're playing in a park as well, I'm not gonna lie. Check the creators of that Wikipedia page. (laughs) See if it's Michael Bridges (laughs) won.
1: Well, they play where do they play? They play in Newcastle, New South Wales and Newcastle. uh, yeah, Newcastle and Australia. Uh, they compete in the National Premier League Northern NSW, the highest division of New South Wales football
0: leagues. Well, there you go. So that is, also it, sounds, a, is it a that, Sunday league team? That also in itself sounds made up. So I think Michael Bridges went for a jolly out to Australia and instead of doing farm work, like most British expats that go out there, he decided to play for a football team to try and get his uh, visa extended <laughs> for the next year. Ah, good. Wikipedia has told me their nickname is the Jaffers. so... Uh, Thanks, uh, Wikipedia. <laughs> we could not have figured that out without you.
1: <laughs> anyway, moving right. on from uh, Michael Bridges' jollies, we move on to El Raji El
0: Juf. Now, I cannot speak lowly enough of El Juf. I do not like him as a player or as a man. I can say that because he's very outspoken and he comes after people for no reason. He tried to say that Steven Gerrard was scared of him and that's why he had to leave Liverpool because Steven Gerrard was afraid of him and that Elhaz Duf was the alpha in that team when he scored three goals and was absolutely terrible. And I can tell you that for a fact because I watched him partner Emil Heskey up front multiple times. Anyone who calls themselves the alpha is
1: not the alpha. <laughs>
0: no, absolutely <laughs> I, not.
1: I got contacted by someone on Twitter. I remember telling Drew about this. <laughs> And it was called... That, what was it called? I can't remember like
0: now. Alpha Trainer or something like that? No, I don't know what it was. It was like
1: Alpha Trainer and it said if if you want to be an Alpha, you have to believe you're better than other people and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, brilliant. Why, why am I being messaged by these well, I'll tell you
0: what. I bet, I bet I can tell you who runs that Twitter page. El Hadjjeev. El Hadjjeev. <laughs> right. <laughs> as little said about him, the better, because he's a horrible man. Let's move on from El Hadjjeev. So named because he's been accused of spitting at multiple people. Yeah. Now, I know we had the argument about Suarez being a bit of a bit of a dick, but yes, biting is worse than spitting, I'll give you that. Especially in the current climate, because uh in fact actually it's probably similar now. Saliva and all that, you don't want to transfer it, all that, but um spitting is like an ultimate sign of disrespect. And also, at least Suarez was good <laughs> to make you forget about the biting a little bit. El Hadji did not have the talent to back up the spitting. Yeah, yeah, that's true.
1: <laughs> I mean, I still don't Duncan don't condone biting, but... <laughs> no, no. no. Just, just a little bit, sometimes. <laughs> Super sub, Daniel Sturridge. Uh, more of a little to get uh, under our skins, but I think uh, he's sort of backf- probably more happy with this one because he did a lot for Liverpool.
0: Yeah, but it also sort of backfired on Niall because Niall put him in for the, the game in the Euros where England beat Wales, but then forgot that Wales finished top of the group and then England got knocked out by in Iceland. the knockout stages by Iceland in the first yeah. round of knockout stages. So... Uh, England won one game in that tournament. And yes, it was that game against Wales. But that spurred us on to beat Russia. So thanks, England. Then thank you, Daniel Sturridge. There you go. <laughs> and, you know, he had a cool dance. So
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. there. Anyone anyone who has a celebration which
0: is worthy of copying is always good. Yeah, the best thing that ever came out of that celebration is the fact that Jurgen Klopp tried to copy it, and that was hilarious. Yeah, so moving on from him to the manager. Uh Paul Simpson. Paul Simpson, yeah. As Niall said, it's a very difficult thing to get out of the conference, as George can testify to being a Rexham fan, and he's been there yeah. for a long time now. Yeah. But Carlisle obviously went down and managed to go straight back up, which is a testament to Paul Simpson's management ability because, as you said, it's difficult to do. And he did it straight away. So fair play to him. Fingers crossed, Rex will be the next one's out. Maybe not this season. Next season it's gonna happen because obviously they're gonna have all the big money. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do a Salford.
1: We'll do a Salford. Ryan
0: Reynolds will start up front, and then (laughs) it'll all be fine. Yeah, in his Deadpool costume. That's what we want to see. That
1: would be imagine. Imagine they just made the Wrexham kit the Deadpool. (laughs) (laughs) Eleven Deadpool's running around on the pitch. (laughs) That's the dream, (laughs) right there. I um, the stadium, uh, Brunton Park, which, <laughs> quite famous for the fact that they moved one stand a little bit to one side, thinking they were going to move the whole stadium, and then thought, nah, let's just
0: leave that. <laughs> have,
1: you, have you seen a picture of it?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, I have, yeah. yeah. Imagine uh, if you were on the prevalent. end of that stand. I mean... like. <laughs>
1: you'd be you'd be a bit you'd be sort of looking around everyone's heads
0: He was <laughs> like uh can we can you all sit down a bit please i'm just trying to have a look yeah it's um obviously one of those fun stories about lower league stadiums again like that sort of stories you don't find in the premier league the lower you go in the leagues the funnier things you find including like you said a stand which has been moved and the rest of the stadium stayed the same lovely <laughs> yeah. stuff and I, and I, again It's going to be a recurring thing, regardless of who we have on the pod here. A lot of people are going to choose their home grounds. And obviously, for Niall, a lot of happy memories at Brunton Park, following Carlisle. So, obviously, a nice pick for that. And Carlisle, I've seen, are doing very well this season. So uh, hopefully, Yeah, he
1: seems to be very uh, confident. Even
0: in the fact that this
1: uh, this one's going to come out in a few weeks, he still thinks they'll be up there.
0: Yeah. Well, hopefully, I'd like to say we uh, offer a little bit of support to every Every uh, team that is representing this podcast, um, obviously you don't have to support Liverpool. I want to support United. That's fine. Yeah, I was going to say. I think that's the exception. <laughs> yeah, that's the exception. But you know, unless we have a Leeds fan on, in which case they could do one. But the uh... <laughs> <laughs> but we'll all we'll offer some support to Carlisle. Go on, Carlisle. hope you uh, get up this yeah, year. Yeah, I hope they get. I hope they get the promotion they want. There you go. And then the deck chair kit. The deck chair kit, indeed. Ninety-seven. Carlisle and was right. Eight.
1: If you if you search the deck chair kit, it does come up. Yeah. Um, I like
0: it. To be honest with you, Yeah, I so do I. It, nice. it does
1: remind me of when we did again another throwback to the Christmas episode. The kit we picked in that one, yeah, was looking like a Christmas kit, and yeah. um, this one looks very much like a Christmas kit. So it was,
0: lovely. It was lovely. What you guys couldn't see because obviously this is a uh, audio platform.
1: Yeah, maybe <laughs> I'll maybe I'll
0: edit a video for it. Yeah, you couldn't see Niall giving us a nice little tour of his shirts, which was lovely. At which point, I should point out, Niall had a few cans at that point, so uh, it was quite entertaining to watch him scuttle around his bedroom <laughs> trying to find Stumble his Stumble around,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then that all accumulated in <laughs> Big Tits Tuesday FC. We won't go into the meaning of each word, because you can figure it out pretty quickly, but just remember that FC doesn't stand for football club, it stands for feta cheese. So it's Big Tits Tuesday, feta cheese. And if that doesn't summarise that episode, I don't know what does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. Another week, another podcast in the bag. A great guest in Nile. Some great stories. Some great trips down memory lane. As always, we will point you in the direction of our social media channels. we got Facebook. we got Twitter. we got Instagram. we got TikTok. All the big hitters. What's, what's it? There's no that we're missing anymore, is there? We've got all the, the big ones. Uh, as always, it is at Nostalgia FC Pod. Uh, if you'd like to contact us in any way, just DM us in any of those, and we will reply. Yeah, go follow us on all the social medias to get some uh, exclusive content, bonus content. George makes a, does a lovely job of making some little video clips for you guys to watch as, uh waffle about in our <laughs> spare rooms. Yeah, it'll either,
1: be, it'll either be bloopers, it'll be uh, highlights from the podcast.
0: But yeah, it's all a bit of fun, isn't it? Yeah, it's all a bit of fun. And then also, you get to see my lovely array of football shirts, which I have started wearing, just for your viewing pleasure. Thanks again for listening, everybody. If your podcasting platform has the ability to rate and review, if you could please go ahead and do that, preferably five-star. And leave us a little comment too, because it does help us get into the algorithm of podcast providers. So do help us out with that one.
1: Yeah, like Drew said, if uh, if you do want to get in contact with us, send us a message on any of the socials. Also, if you do just want to get on the pod. Yeah. Can't promise yeah. anything, but we always like hearing of... the. Uh, people wanting to create their team and sort of get on the podcast. So that'll be cool.
0: Yeah, for sure. So all that's left to do is uh, again, thank you very much for listening and say that was Niall Baxter delivering a big tits Tuesday feta cheese. (laughs) Mad, that's absolutely mental.
1: (laughs) What a team it was. (laughs) And what a team it was.
0: call in hello call a linker because uh, i'm just similar to recording a podcast he's actually just asked me what shirt i've got on so um uh, i'm wearing the usa one because uh, the holland one doesn't fit me anymore let's not talk about that <laughs> yeah i know i'm on the podcast now. say hello go on <laughs> hello lisa's
1: first appearance on the podcast I i'm
0: assuming she can't hear us hi lisa uh, this is niall say hello to niall Nail. Yes, Nail. Oh, I love Nail. There you go. I oh, woo! She'd have been a good boy. There you go. There's a revelation. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Lisa. Oh, thanks, thanks, bro. ring a ling Yeah, cheers, bye-bye. <laughs>
2: um, what? Right, I think you need to get Lisa's 11.
0: <laughs> she's a United fan as well. Yeah, yeah, so, she's uh, big United. I say she's a big United fan. She doesn't know any players. Um, if I ask her now, that will make sick. it all
2: the fun. If she just makes up names,
0: the only one, the only one she knows is Fred because it's one name. <laughs>